Welcome to Mobile Growth Nightmares, the podcast that shares and rips apart growth fuck-ups. Hosted by Andy from Feature, that's me, and Jessica from Blinkist. That's me. Behind every success, there are multiple mistakes, and this presents a fantastic opportunity for learning and improvement. However, mostly we only hear about the wins, so in this show, we do things a little differently. In every episode of Mobile Growth Nightmares, we'll invite a special guest from the industry to share a nightmare from their career and what they learned from it. You can always find the latest episode of Mobile Growth Nightmares on mgnpodcast.com, that's mgnpodcast.com, or on your favorite podcast platform. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the episode number seven, if I'm not mistaken, of Mobile Growth Nightmares. Hi, Andy, how are you? Hi, Jessica. It's, yeah, it's great to be back for another episode. You're absolutely right. It's season two, episode seven. Wow, I'm so prepared. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, well, you know, I've been busy with uh, with feature. Um, we actually hit a big milestone uh, in a couple a couple of weeks back. A hundred employees. Oh, nice, welcome, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That's uh, super exciting. We got an awesome team. Um, yeah, we got everyone together for a big summer party. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's keeping me busy. I, I guess it's kind of my baby at the moment. Um, so, <laughs> so speaking of babies, uh, how is motherhood? Well, uh, challenging. <laughs> so now it's my third month, and yeah, the first month was horrible. They don't tell you that. Uh, they don't picture it like that in the movies. Um, but yeah, now I feel so much better. I'm really happy. Uh, her name is Zelda. She's awesome. She sleeps a lot, so that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I definitely did not expect it to be so hard. I remember that I even say, yes, I'm going to join this conference. Yes, I'm going to do this presentation. And I completely <laughs> disappeared for everyone. But it was worth it. <laughs> Amazing. And Zelda, what a cool name. Yeah, I like it. So uh, any apps that you've been using? I know that you have an app for everything, Jessica. So any apps that have been uh, been helpful during the, uh, the early stages of motherhood? Absolutely, of course. Um, so the first one that I have is Baby Plus. Um, it's just an app that gives you like interesting milestones regarding your babies, depending on the weeks, um, really good um, content. Um, and then on top of that, you can also um, record, for example, when your, baby, um, when your baby is sleeping or when you breastfeed. And it's really useful to create a routine for the baby so i really really love it and it's probably the app that i use the most it's almost always open in my phone and then recently through an instagram ad i downloaded another app that is called kinedu um it's really interesting because it gives you activities to do for babies because my main question was like okay i have this toddler that does absolutely nothing what what do i do like what do i do what can i do um and it's really nice because it gives you gives you like simple activities that you can do with them of course it's a subscri- subscription app but i'm still using the, the the free part so let's see if they convert me to a customer <laughs> nice cool activities to do with a, a young baby um just give me one example um so i think one thing was like to um to take the baby and start repeating the name of the body parts so the feet yay and these and that the other thing was Mm. like to uh put them on the carpet with something on the side and try to call them and get their attention so that they start rolling Uh. i mean it's not like super exciting (laughs) but it's something you know it's the beginning it's the beginning (laughs) sure yeah i mean you got to start somewhere with a baby i guess (laughs) exactly Great. Well, anyway, we've got a guest on the show here today, um, as always. Um, this time we have uh, Claire Rosin. Um, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Claire, Claire, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to, to be with you. 
Awesome. Yeah, really great to have you on, Claire. Um, so Claire is from France. She's uh, currently working uh, as a senior user acquisition manager at Gameloft. Uh, in her background in, in uh, mobile marketing, she's been at uh, Product Madness, uh, Match, the, uh, the dating site, um, as well as uh, UA and CRM analyst at Mappy. But it uh, looks like you're kind of specializing in uh, user acquisition these days. Is that right, Claire? Yes, yes. But uh, as my nightmare is going to be uh, CRM related, <laughs> maybe I should say no. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I switched to user acquisition. But user acquisition is changing every day, every, day, every year. So anywhere, like, it's the same. Like when you work in digital, at the end of the day, you just work in digital, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess I guess it's a super exciting time to be working in the UA at the moment with all the all the changes going on. Yeah, I don't know if it's exciting or boring. Like if you really like uh, monkey task and you love to optimize manually your Facebook ad account, I think uh, some UA manager are, are a bit uh, bored lately because with the AAA campaign, you basically have nothing to do. But I think if you are interested mm -hmm. in all what is technical and all what is um, creative, definitely it's the best time to be uh, in user acquisition. Nice. Uh, and I'm very glad to hear that your nightmare is on CRM, by the way, because that's kind of my kind of deep speciality topic. Um, but uh, we're not going to go there just yet. I realized, actually, when I looked at LinkedIn, we have 152 shared connections, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, we clearly know a lot of the same people in the industry. Uh, and actually, it was someone on Twitter, I forget who, actually, but somebody actually pointed me in your direction to um, suggest that you, you would be a great guest on the show. And that's kind of how I reached out and, and asked you if you... Uh, You'll be up for coming on the show and sharing a nightmare. So thanks, thanks for thanks for that, Claire. Um, really, really great to see the, the Twitter network is working. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks a lot uh, for the person that recommended. Um, like, uh, I'm I'm uh, honored to be with you, uh, you both, to be honest. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Um, I also have a question for you, Claire. Uh, that's a little bit egoistic of me, but since you know I was a little bit busy in the past three months, um, I was not working. Um, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't have to deal to a lot of issues on UA uh, or like everything that has been happening. Do you think that there has been some major changes in, in the past three months or something, you know, that, I don't know, I should be aware of, for example? Oh, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of it. I don't know if you have uh, an Android or iOS device, but it's kind of advertised everywhere that now uh, Apple switched uh, to a more uh, secure oriented uh, policy uh, to be more premium and get a mm -hmm. competitive advantage and so on. And this definitely uh, changed uh, the way user acquisition manager work because we used to work with a lot of deterministic data and now we need to be more holistic and also not only uh, top of the funnel oriented, mm -hmm. but uh, have a more holistic view. So I don't know if I can answer well on this question because a lot is happening every day. Uh, but uh, I can maybe do a summarize for you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But then it happened because I think I left just before it became official. Like we've been talking about, you know, this change for like almost a year, I would say now we've been preparing. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, I was really curious about that. Um, but yeah, let's maybe move into the nightmare section. Um, so as you know, uh, from the name of the podcast, um, what we want to do is like, we want to learn from your mistake. We want to hear about a time where you really fucked it up and what you learned from that, because we think that there's nothing better than learn from our mistakes. So Claire, I hope you have some juicy story for me. Yes, totally. And that's what makes this podcast, I think, amazing. Um, I'm someone that fails every day, so it was super easy to find something 
Uh, I think I wrote two pages of stuff by where I failed, but I'm going to only take one to save your time. So basically, I used to work at Mati. Um, that is a, a mobility-oriented application. Like you want to calculate an itinerary. It's like ways. Uh, it's like uh, the third one in France, and you have a million of users using it uh, every day on web and uh, and also on smartphone. And I was in charge of sending push notification to those million of users back in time on web and also on the smartphone. Um, and I liked it quite, quite a lot, to be honest. Like, I had a lot of freedom. I could write uh, everything with a lot of emojis, and I loved it. But uh, one day, in holidays, actually, it was in August, uh, I sent uh, one push notification to, to everyone, and it worked really, really well. Uh, you know, sometimes back in days, I don't, I don't think it's still like this, but you had to split uh, the random IDs because you don't want to send all, uh, all, the, all the push notifications same time. Otherwise, your application crashed. So basically, I sent it all same time and the application crashed uh, during a weekend when everyone was going in holidays and where it was basically uh, a spike in the, the amount of visits we have. So, so yeah, like, uh, it performed really well. Everyone loved my notification, clicked on it, but uh, that was not the result uh, I think the company uh, wanted. So <laughs> definitely, I think it was a big mess. Like, all the servers went down, and when I arrived on Monday, I was, oh, what was it? And at the end, I just crashed uh, all the application. So Matty was down. <laughs> wow. So you actually... It essentially initiated a distributed a denial of service attack on your own app. Yes, maybe, but <laughs> you know, after that, I splitted all my random IDs uh, at it, as it needs to be and push notifications. So I will never forget it. Uh. That's a really cool nightmare, Claire, uh, and definitely a real nightmare. I would say, um, you know, I think on the scale of you know fuck ups crashing the entire app and making it unavailable to the millions of users who you've just invited via push notification to come and join the app. Um, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty devastating. Um, but actually, surprisingly common. I've seen this before. Uh, actually, I almost crashed the SoundCloud app with something very similar. Um, when I was running the retention team there, we were also experimenting a lot with push notifications. Um, and we were also experimenting. We wanted to see and be able to measure uninstalls from the app as well. And uh, I'm not sure how much you know about uninstall tracking, but that's actually also done typically using a silent push notification, which is sent out to all of the devices. And it just basically pings them with a silent push. Um, and then that basically checks whether the app is still active. If it's able to, if it doesn't get a bounce and the app receives the push just silently, it doesn't show up on the screen. Um, but if the app receives that bounce, that, that, that ping, then, uh, then you know that the app is still installed. And if it gets a bounce, then you know that there's been an uninstall. Um, it's a nice idea, um, but the way that the particular tool that we were using uh, did that was to send this silent push, this uninstall tracker, every day at 11 a.m., uh, I think, Eastern time, to, to every single one of our users, which in SoundCloud's case was tens of millions. Uh, and they had a similar issue, like um, that would then wake up the app. The app would do some processing when it received this silent push. Um, and so millions of users or tens of millions of users would simultaneously connect to the SoundCloud backend. And I saw, I just happened to see some chatter about it on in the Slack, in the DevOps channel. Um, the, the DevOps engineers were like scratching their heads and like, 
seeing that there was a huge spike. They actually thought it was some kind of denial of service attack, uh, but it was actually my team uh, doing uninstall tracking. So um, lucky I spotted that. But yeah, it's it's actually quite common. Um, technically, a fault of the, the the architecture, or you know, at least an architecture choice from the software developers. If that makes you feel any better, uh, Claire, they they could probably have built the app in a way that it didn't crash when you when you sent a million push notifications all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to put the blame on them, to be honest. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think you know it was another time, and like the server as well, it was not uh, what it is right now. So so mm. yeah, push notification is not so old when we think about it. No, like I, I don't remember when it came out, but not. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like yeah, I mean, like I mean, obviously it's a smartphone thing. It wasn't on, on the older generation devices, but even like early smartphones didn't have push. Um, yeah, so you're right. It's 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 pretty pretty new development, and uh, yeah, and also just app scalability, scaling up to like millions of users, and and being able to scale up and down quickly, relatively new science. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's very generous, very fair of you to, you know, to to sort of take it on your shoulders. But uh, I do think probably there were multiple failures there. Um, but anyway, what did what did you learn from that? Uh, so I think what I learned is that, um, you know, when you are young and you always want to, to have uh, the best CTR, the best TVR and so on, like you just have, you kind of see what, uh, what are the good thing for you and you kind of don't see uh, like at the company level or it can be, it can actually affect uh, performances. And I think I, I should have been more careful to be honest with the random IDs and stuff and, and just not focus on the performance. Uh, I would have, uh, from it and just like understand like the impact it could have and uh, and you know like just um, just seeing like oh it it reached all the company it really made me uh, understand that uh, a team is really a team with a lot of people and you are not uh, alone driving performances or alone driving the retention and mm -hmm. uh, at the end it's a teamwork and you would need as always to to stay um, to stay you know open your eyes even even with uh, other uh, department at the end of the day. You are not the producer. That's some great growth wisdom there. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Claire. That's awesome. And with this one, I think we're going to move to the, you know, the, the juicy part of the, no, this was the juicy part, but let's say to the next session, uh, that is the Bring Another Bullshit. Um, I've bullshit. been about this song. Um, Andy, do you have some news you want to talk about today? Uh, yes. So uh, we'll link to this in, in the, uh, the, the description of the podcast when we put it out. But it's, uh, it's a short article by the Wall Street Journal um, talking about ad spend, um, specifically around um, how advertisers have started to shift their spending patterns and sort of like reallocate budget away from Apple and iOS and towards Android um, as they as the effects of iOS 14 and the, um, the limitations of uh, uh, being able to track uh, users are now becoming kind of really, really kicking in. Um, and, you know, they're seeing around 33% of iOS users opting in for tracking, which means that, um, you know, performance marketers can't allocate spend, uh, can't target users so effectively. We can't, uh, they can't measure conversion so effectively on, on a user level. Um, and so, uh, what Wall Street Journal is reporting is that a lot of these advertising budgets are, are shifting towards Android, where at least for the time being, tracking is still um, very much more uh, possible. You know, it's, it's more or less the same as ever, although we uh, we do expect that in the future that, that Android is going to follow suit. Um, so, yeah, basically, the article talks about this. It talks about um, shift in ad spend, more people 
promoting their Android app like in preference to their iOS app because they can control the spend more effectively. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll link to the article, but would love to hear uh, from Claire and also from you, uh, Jessica. I mean, you both work in, in user acquisition, so I thought this would be a fun topic. Would love for you to take a stance on this. Um, you know, is shifting ad spend as a, as a marketer towards Android where you can control it better? Is that brilliant or bullshit? Uh, Claire, let's start with you. Uh, I think it's bullshit. Uh, of course, as a UA manager, if you see the traffic is not good uh, on iOS because the audiences, you can't target uh, specific audiences, uh, of course, you're not going to move forward and continue to do it, but the users are still there. So I think the advertisers that are doing this, it's people that are, are late and didn't understood that you need to be holistic now and uh, you can't be deterministic anymore. Uh, otherwise, but I, I think, however, that uh, to be honest, like the landscape of mobile is changing. Uh, I don't think um, in iPhone growth, uh, they didn't make uh, any uh, product innovation lately. And I think the competition is, is being really tough, to be honest. So I think uh, user acquisition managers are where uh, users are on their device. And if uh, some people are getting more Samsung right now than iPhone, of course, like the spend is going to be shifted. Uh, but I think there is still uh, valuable audiences on on Android and also on iOS. So if people they just stop to spend because of iOS 14, it's uh, it's a shame. And last thing I think uh, it it's going to shift, but, but more like on where you spend uh, on Apple, you are going to spend more on Apple search ads because Apple wants you to spend on Apple search, search ads and it's doing uh, everything uh, for you to do it. So. It's going to change on the media mix, mm -hmm. but I don't think people are going to stop to spend on Apple. Great answer. And um, also, thanks for taking a strong position on it um, rather than trying to sit on the fence. Um, it's exactly what Brilliant mm -hmm. or Bullshit is all about. Uh, Jessica, what about you? Um, I agree with Claire, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm not going to bring like a new perspective in. Um, I mean, it would be brilliant to move like some acquisition towards Android. But in my opinion, it's not possible. If it was possible, we would have done it like much before. Like I think every company out there, every subscription app wants to make, I don't know, double the money by expanding towards Android. The problem is that the Android users are, are different. And yes, I think the article even mentioned that, you know, uh, right now the device for, um, like in the past, we used to say that uh, the users that you can acquire through, through like um, an Apple, they're just like more willing to spend because they spend a lot for a phone. But right now also the Android users, they spend a lot for a phone. Like there are phones that are as expensive as an iPhone. That's true. Um, but we, I tried multiple times to like only target, like for example, Android users users uh, that have a certain device and it never really worked. Like I couldn't see the same behavior, the same um, purchase rate um, that we have on the Apple side. Um, I think it's simply that the Android users are different um, and it's just really, really, really hard to monetize. So again, it would be brilliant um, to be able to do it, but I think it's bullshit that companies are going to be able to do it. Um, but let's see if someone can prove me wrong. What about you, Andy? I want to hear from you. What do I think? Well, I mean, I, I don't think I have like much of a uh, informed opinion on this since I don't really work specifically on UA. I mean, uh, feature, you know, my company definitely, you know, does a lot of UA stuff, but I'm not su super involved in, in, you know, the, the approach that that team's taking. Uh, we're not seeing this same shift right now, uh, I would say, first of all, um, but, you know, it's early days. Um, we also do a lot of Apple search ads, which probably kind of works in, in our favor in terms of helping our customers to, to keep spending on, on iOS. Um, but I would, I would, I think, I think I, I kind of agree boringly, you know, with, with what you guys have said, I actually think it would be brilliant if 
more um, you know effective performance marketing could be done on on Android, and and that you know you could acquire users who are converting well. Um, and just as a counterpoint to you know to what you've observed, Jessica, which is definitely what I hear you know across the board, mm-hmm. and also what we see regularly at Feature, i.e. that that Android users are you know not so keen to spend and harder to to monetize on subscriptions. Uh, we just remind you, we had Clement from Fabulous on the show a few weeks back, who uh, was was observing actually some different um, behavior for for Fabulous. Yeah. So, you know, Clement seems to have cracked it. Like, you know, with at least with their app and and their marketing strategy, they're monetizing super well on Android. So, I think you know it would be brilliant if if people could shift their budget for reasons which you know were that they were effectively able to spend it much more effectively on on Android, but um, I do think it's just kind of bullshit if they just feel forced to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also maybe that's because they're kind of lazy and not really looking for creative solutions on on how to still, um, you know, make acquisition work on, on iOS because iOS is not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, good one. <laughs> cool. So that uh, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Um, I just want to say huge thanks to to claire for for joining us um yeah thanks very much claire no thanks to both of you uh you both are so knowledgeable so i was so lucky to to have this discussion with you so thanks a lot for your time and i hope uh, this podcast was uh, good enough (laughs) yeah your your nightmare was awesome uh no 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 worries about that claire thank you so much um and yep um great to uh Great to be recording another episode with you, Jessica, as you awesome. get the hang of uh, child rearing. <laughs> Thank you. And hopefully we're going to record another one soon. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Claire. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. What marketing mess is keeping you up at night? Send us your problems, questions, failures, and we'll discuss them on the show. Or if you want to be here with us and share your fuck-ups with our audience, be our guest. Kind of things that we're looking for, like uh, could be bad decisions that keep on um, haunting you, like things that you've done in the past, like technical debt or you know other kinds of like mistakes which you're worried are, are going to kind of come back and bite you. Um, could be worries about the future, a n- nightmare that you're having about some some future growth um, event that could occur. Um, could be a nightmare setup that you have no control over, like a client or a new employer that has a terrible analytics setup. Um, could be nightmare processes. Um, could be something that was initially thought of and touted as a success, but actually you were reading all the signals wrong and actually turned out that it was actually a nightmare. Um, yeah, all of those things and anything else that's related to growth and nightmares. So if you have something like this, send us an email to hello at mgnpodcast.com. Hello at mgnpodcast.com. See you next time. Cheers.